Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'd like to request a trade from this podcast. Would you? And instead of talking to you about it in private, which would be the way to handle these things, I'm going to do it publicly. Oh, okay. Are you taking a cue from the NFL? Yeah, I mean, most sports leagues. Like, yeah. Just <laughs> like, me, screw, screw the negotiations. I'm yeah. just going to say I want to trade. Like, imagine going to your job, right, and being like, but but like putting an ad in the newspaper that you're like looking <laughs> for another job. <laughs> like, and then going to your job to being like, what? Negotiations aren't going well. <laughs> send them the link. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's such a bold move, and I know it's part of. It's more part of like the way sports is, and like I agree. Like players, owners make so much money that that in comparison, people always complain about player salaries. But like the owners of sports teams are making making way much like too much more money than they are. So. I think it makes sense. Like, if you're a player, you get all the public bashing. Like, if your team doesn't do well, yes, coaches get fired, but the general fan isn't sitting here curse, cursing the general manager or the owner or the coaches. They're they're the players. So I get, like, you want to have some element of control, but, like, that takes a lot of of courage, let's call it, to, to walk into a job and publicly announce you want to trade before training camp start. Like you, like what if, what if, like what if the general manager is like, no, that you're going to go into your locker room, and this has happened before, where players have to to go into a locker room with all the players, where they're basically being, I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> I'm taking my ball and going home. Yeah, like that's basically what you're saying. It's like saying publicly, I don't want to play with any of you, and then going and playing with everyone. Like it's just, it's. It, it's a bold move and often it does work, but we've seen it where players don't end up getting moved. Like there are some big players who still don't have homes here. Like, especially in the quarterback position where that could be a really awkward situation in, in like what, three months when camps open. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's three months now. We're in April. Yeah. Now I want to circle back. Where do you think that you would get traded to? Like, where do you f- think you're going to find a second human who's willing to sit and listen to you for an hour? Well, you, first of all, you know you're not the the second human. Okay, I have no, 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 no. I, I, I'm saying I'm like in this scenario, I'm I'm the first human, right? And now you got to find a second human who like would would accept you in this trade. You could where... send me to the Adam Schefter podcast. Okay. Good luck. You you you, you can talk about um, you can talk about nipples and his aggressive texting. Yeah, exactly. He would be he would agree with me. You'd be sending me to a podcast that we have the same mentalities, at least of of Aaron Rodgers and how we feel about him. That's true. You know what? I'll I will reach out to Adam Schefter and I'll see okay. if I can't can't negotiate a trade there. Okay. Until then, I I intend to awkwardly still be here, but just know that I don't want to be doing this. Yeah, just minimum effort from you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Just okay. presence, presence. But that's about it. I'm fulfilling my obligations to be here. Yeah. What was it that Marshawn Lynch used to say? Like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah, just showing yeah. up on the podcast so you don't get fined. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Well, you're not the only one requesting a trade. Uh, that's happened quite a bit this this off season so far. Can I quickly interrupt you just to yeah. just, just to tell our fans something? I know sure. it seems like these segues are super planned every week, but but Josh doesn't know what I'm going to say to him when we start. No, this just came out of nowhere. <laughs> so and... just so people because this is like the third week in a row where you've done a good job of being like, well, with that being said, and I do yeah. keep the topical, but we don't plan this. <laughs> I just. I just, the whole time I'm listening to you talk, I'm just thinking, how am I going to spin this back to football? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Josh asks an open-ended question about how I'm doing, and he has no idea where it's going. Like, we, we discussed some things before preparing, but just so people know, that is never discussed. It's always yeah. just, it just happens. I thought that was important for people to know. Yeah. Today especially caught me off guard. I was like, I, I don't know where this is going, but all right, let's roll with it. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> um, but you're not the only one requesting trades. Uh, you wanted to talk about one in particular with uh, the Buccaneers. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll let you kick that off if you want. Go yeah, so uh, this is a, a report. I mean, who knows with reports these days and, and people, but but two sources were telling, um, I think it was ESPN where I saw it, with that Devin White linebacker inside linebacker from the Buccaneers is requesting a trade. Now he's 20, I think he's 24, 25. So he's been in the league only a couple of years, but prime of his career. I mean, he's a captain of their defense. So to me, this spells the beginning of the end of what was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the past, I don't know, before Brady, like 10 years before Brady were an irrelevant franchise. Irrelevant. Not really going anywhere. Didn't really do anything. Kind of middle of the road. If they did anything, they were like a bubble team, but not quite a playoff team. Now, with Brady, it made them kind of relevant for a few years, especially like a spot for free agents to go. With Brady leaving, I I honestly think this is the beginning of the end. And good luck, Tampa Bay fans. But the Buccaneers are going to be irrelevant for the next 10 to 15 years. Again. Like, just so- good enough to avoid being in the basement, which gets you really good draft picks, but not good enough to be a contender or maybe even a playoff team. So you don't you don't think that Tampa Bay can ascend to greatness with, with Baker Mayfield? I think what will happen is Baker Mayfield will do exactly what he did last year. He will show one or two signs of of you know being relatively competent that a fool like me is going to pick him up off waivers play him one week and then he will never play again um i i really think that they've, they've got it still got a really talented offense like they they do they've got some talent there they've had some injury issues but for the most part the talent's there without the right quarterback as the glue it does not matter it's one of the reasons why everything the jets have done up until this point is irrelevant because they don't have a quarterback so it's real it doesn't it, it literally doesn't matter so I think, for me, Mayfield's not the answer. He's a quick plug-in. He, you might get a few interesting things out of him, but I don't think he's the answer. Certainly not long-term. Hey, I'm not saying he can't, you know, capture magic or lightning in a bottle, whatever that phrase is, and have one good season or half a good season in Tampa Bay's a playoff team because they've got the talent there. But I think if a 25-year-old linebacker who's a key part of your defense wants out, that's not good. 
Like that, that does not, I don't know how many franchises recover from that. Cause what, what are you going to get from him in a trade draft picks? Right. Probably. Probably. So I think that Mayfield is not the answer, but I do think he'll play well enough at the beginning that I will pick him up off waivers because that's just what happens every year. I end up getting tricked. I look forward to making fun of you for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, Baker Mayfield, he, like he's not in my top 15 quarterbacks. Like whenever we, we start ranking them, I don't even know if he'll be in my like top 20 necessarily, but he's interesting and intriguing because of the talent that that offense has. But yeah, that's fair. This is, this is a key part of a Bucks defense that was pretty good. Not, I don't know how they were last year, but the year before they were good. Like the, what Brady's prime, the one and a half years of goodness with Brady that they had, their defense was solid. And I think if you start losing pieces in their prime like this, it's, it's not a good sign. Yeah, that's fair. And especially, I think this is based on his age. I think he's coming off of his rookie contract. Right. So he doesn't uh, want to sign long-term in Tampa Bay. No, it doesn't seem like it. I think maybe he sees some writing on the wall and says, I want yeah. out. And this, I think, I think we, we don't put enough stock in the location of the team. Because if a player wants to leave a sunny part of the States, I always think there's a lot there. Because a lot of players like playing in in places like Florida and California where you have access to the beach, where it's always sunny, it's always warm. That's something more that like, they're used to and they like it. I think it tells you something where someone's with Tampa Bay, a team in Florida, that, what, three, four years removed from, from winning the Super Bowl? And he wants out. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not good. I just think, to me, that just points in a, now maybe he'll get traded to Jacksonville or something, but still that just points to me in a direction of like, you don't even want to stay there for the weather. Yeah. The weather's not, not enough of a motivator. No. Um, another uh, sunny location player, uh, Tyree Kill. Did you see his announcement? Yeah, after, what, 2025, he plans to retire? I think he has two years left on his contract. That'll give him 10 years, and he plans on pulling the plug then, yeah. That's a bit of a surprise to me, seeing as he's still playing at such a high level. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll be more interested in it when we start getting towards the end of that second season, because... um, I'll be interested to see, you know, is he still operating at an elite level or are we starting to see him kind of lose a step? Because we see that a lot with wide receivers. They hang on until like the bitter end, right? Like Julio Jones, Hall of Fame wide receiver. But for the past two years, he's been pretty irrelevant between fighting injuries and then just not making much of an impact on the field, right? So he could have called it quits two or three years earlier and gone out, not at his prime, but pretty close. And that's all we would have remembered him for. So I don't know, maybe Tyree Kill is just looking in the future and he doesn't think that he'll still be able to operate at that same level after two years from now. Or or maybe he just says, no, screw it. I've made enough money. Like, I'm good. Both fair, though. Both fair points. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's his yeah. body. It's his life. There's a lot yeah. of people who hurt themselves playing football. So maybe he just wants to live a great life after and he's made enough money. And hey, power to him. Absolutely. I do that. Yeah. If I was still at the prime of my career, eight years into doing something and I was two years away and I'd made millions of dollars. I'd be like, yeah, I'm done at the end of the two years. I might not publicly announce it, 
But maybe he's just being fair to people saying, hey, like, don't even come to me with a negotiation. Like, I want it out in the public. So we don't, you don't have to worry about me. You can spend your money time elsewhere, but no teams can go after me. There's no buzz around it. I want two nice, quiet years in Miami, not quite, but quiet in terms of media attention because I'm going to retire. And I yeah. think that's respectable. Like, I, I can understand where he's coming from. Yeah, we'll probably get more details on it, like, uh, maybe throughout the season or next season. I guess more of, like, what the reasoning is, if he wants to share it. Um, but as of right now, yeah, two years left to Miami, and then one of the fastest receivers we've ever seen uh, will be gone. And in the next two years, if Tua is healthy, it's a big if, I, you know, that could be two really great years. Like, he's already oh, had such a great season with them that it's like, Maybe he's just assuming, hey, we have a chance at a Super Bowl in the next two years. And if I don't win, whatever, I don't win. But I don't, I, you know, I don't want to push myself beyond those two years. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, another wide receiver who made headline is uh, Odell Beckham Jr. finally has a team again. The Ravens. <laughs> the Ravens. I think we talked about that last we week, did. that it was coming down we to did. the Ravens and the Jets. Yeah. So he went with the Ravens on a one-year contract for $18 million with $15 million guaranteed. Oh. So that's a, a good chunk of change for a guy who we haven't seen play in a year and a bit. And even when we last saw him, like, honestly, it's been a few years, really, since we've seen, like, elite Odell Beckham. Yeah, he's been only okay. Um I mean, th- this is what we talked about last week. You made the point that this is probably, for fantasy, a better spot for him um, because he's going to have more opportunities, I think, to make a big impact. But you're right. Will what? Who are we going to see here? Who's throwing in the ball too? I, I mean, I that's think... a big part of it. Yeah, <laughs> I still think the Lamar Jackson thing is all over the place. Like, and I think there are signs pointing he's just going to end up with Baltimore anyway. I don't know if this like makes a difference to him like if you have an elite potential wide receiver does that make a difference for you to to want to stay with baltimore well i'd heard a report that he was pretty involved in the recruiting process for odell yeah which seems like a weird thing to do if you're planning on leaving so but i don't okay let's just let's be clear i mean we don't have the you and i are not lamar jackson and we can't call him up which would be awesome but we can't um so isn't it just more about the money like he would play, he doesn't have a problem with Baltimore. I think he'd play in Baltimore. If he was oh yeah, he just wants a better to get paid. contract. Yes, yeah, which is fair because he's their MVP every season, so it makes sense from his perspective. But I, I feel like he it has nothing to do with the franchise or the city. He wants to be there, but if they're not willing to to pay, and another team is, he'll move on. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's the situation, and which. It it makes sense that, yeah, he wants to recruit him, but at the same time, if he's not convinced that he's still going to be there, it just seems like a bit of an odd choice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe he's maybe Lamar believes that they will uh, work something out before before the season starts, so he wants to have as best of a team around him as possible. Yeah, and it, this could be, in terms of negotiation, um, this definitely could be a situation where the team kind of looks at him and goes like, look, look what's here for you now. Like, yeah, you have, you have potential to, to work with Odell. Like this is, you know, this means something, but again, I, I still think it's just about the money anyway. So if they're not going to pony up the money, I don't think it matters who's here. I think he'll just go. Yeah. It will all come down to, can they agree on a number? Absolutely. 
Did you hear? I don't know if you saw this report, but I was watching um, NFL Now or like one of one of the NFL shows, and uh, they were saying that a team that has expressed some interest and is talking to Lamar is the Colts. Oh, they, they are talking to him. So it's not like there's no teams talking. Like, it's not like there's silence. Like, there's negotiation that is happening. But to me, it is interesting that now Odell Beckham Jr. signs. Oh, and suddenly there's names of teams out there. Seems yeah. a little yeah. like, okay, the team signed Odell. Hey, Lamar, like, look what we have for you. And Lamar went, oh, yeah, we'll look at the teams who are talking to me. Yeah, look so what I, I have. there's negotiation going in the media, yeah. But the Colts being one of those teams that could use someone like Lamar. Yeah, I don't. The, the clock is kind of up against him though for a lot of these teams because because the draft, right? Like oh, they drafts could, two. What is it? Two weeks? Two weeks away? Uh, yeah, around two weeks away. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah, so about you have two weeks because like... <laughs> they need to have an answer before then because that changes. Are we taking a quarterback or not? Right? Like they're not going to draft a quarterback and then sign him, or at least you well, would assume they wouldn't. There's almost an unwritten freeze in signing over the next couple of weeks. Like a lot of happens at the beginning of free agency. And then mm-hmm. you see a bit of a gap as we get up to the draft. No one's signing anything because they're focusing on the draft, on rookies. on the, like They've done the combine and now they're doing all the like interviews, right? Like they'll talk to, to, to different draft picks and the kids and see like who they want to pick. Um, and then after the draft is done, okay, now we'll fill in our blanks and, and find more people. So yeah, like Lamar could be left with like, and and the Ravens could be left in a tough situation as teams start to draft quarterbacks in two weeks. So it's hard. You don't want to not draft a quarterback being like, oh, we have a good chance at Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a yeah. big risk. That's a big That risk. absolutely is. Yeah. That could be like a multi-year impactful wrong guess. Uh, if you bank on, oh, we'll be able to sign Lamar, and then they don't end up pulling the trigger. Uh, in other news, Joe Mixon. So he's been recharged. So he was initially charged. It was withdrawn, and now he's been recharged with aggravated menacing uh, for allegedly pointing a gun at a woman in a threatening manner. So that kind of sheds some light onto what's been going on with the Bengals and their non-commitment to Joe Mixon in the media and with mm-hmm. like answering mm-hmm. questions on if he would still be there. So it seems like his legal situation is definitely playing a factor into that because it sounds because from reading up on it, it sounds like when they withdrew the charges, they basically held the right to recharge him at a later date. So it seems like the Bengals were just basically waiting to see if that other shoe was going to drop. And now right. it has. So, We'll we'll see what what comes out of that, and I do believe he had a history in college of issues with the law. He did. Yeah, he so did. I don't know what the Bengals are gonna do in regards to his situation, and I I don't really know what what to expect there. If they're going to hang on to him or if they're going to cut him, it it might very well depend on what comes out of this legally. Yeah, and that's he's a talented player. He's a key part of their their offense, certainly in terms of of their running game. Um, so there, it doesn't seem like he's a key part of their future, though. No, no, like that's the thing. Like he he's kind of a current piece that that clearly is is probably going to change, and they're waiting to see what happens. And this, I mean, we've seen this happen in the NFL a lot. Um, and sometimes the player lands on their feet 
and you know everything goes away and suddenly they're with a new team um yep. but yeah i think i think they clearly were waiting to see what would happen here um and now the next coming weeks might uh might really tell us where where they're where they're going because this is a this is a Bengals team that has to figure they're in a great position yeah because, not not necessarily with him but just in general like they're just like okay we can't make big mistakes here because we have a chance at being a Super Bowl contender every year for the next little while so I honestly I could see them being like we got to move on from this guy like I could see them doing that yeah that's fair yeah get rid of a distraction in the locker room yeah um another running back in the news uh, so Austin Eckler there were some reports coming out where it's a possibility that he could remain with the Chargers, but I believe it was Eckler himself who described it as the worst case scenario. That is, is that he stays with the Chargers, <laughs> which at that point, like for everyone's sake, you just probably got to hope that he gets traded or, or something happens there, right? Because if, if he's saying it, my absolute worst case scenario is that I play football this year for the Chargers. It's like, that's not a great for the locker room. No, no. That's like, that's kind of what I was getting at, at the beginning. Like, isn't that the most awkward situation to put yeah. someone in? And it does, it happens in, in other industries where, you know, someone's leaving um, or, or what have you. And there's like a two or three week awkward period where, you know, they're leaving, but you know, People talk about it, whatever, but it's not so public. You, you don't just go to the media and say it like that's that's a you can't really misinterpret those words. You know, how no, sometimes no, we, like, you know, they claim players claim or coaches claim there's like a misinterpretation. And sometimes it's true. Like I do. I do think media sometimes over over hypes and over analyzes certain things. But sometimes like this, it's not like this yeah. is a very clear statement. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's no way to uh to it's very that. specific yeah. <laughs> yeah um a couple of big names uh not well one's not been present at voluntary workouts the other one is not eligible to participate in them so deandre hopkins has not been present at the voluntary workouts for the cardinals uh, and Saquon Barkley has is refusing so far to sign his franchise tag, so he's not eligible to go and participate in offseason workouts until he does. Uh, so DeAndre Hopkins is looking, received permission to request or pursue a trade, I guess. Uh, Saquon Barkley, there was the offseason, I guess, drama of with Daniel Jones. You know, are they mm-hmm. going to sign Barkley? Are they going to franchise tag him? What are they going to do? doesn't seem like he's really happy with just a franchise tag. He's still working on trying to get a, a long-term deal from the giants. Um, and teams are interested in Hopkins, but I don't know that they're willing to pay what the Cardinals want for him. I think yeah, that's a big holdup. That's a big holdup. Absolutely. And, and talk about a big fantasy impact move here. Um, speaking about, you know, well, actually, really, all all scenarios, Hopkins and and Barkley, because those yeah. are those are high end, highly skilled, talented players who on any team are going to make an impact. Absolutely, and I so think... as, I mean, especially Barkley because he's a running back, but even even Hopkins, like Hopkins, when he's healthy, he's a top five receiver every day of the week. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he is a target, especially in PPR leagues. He's a He's very good at what he does. He's very good at getting open, very good at quick contested catches, very good in the red zone. Um, I think it's a case of 
almost opposite motivations, though, because Barkley's motivation, fr- from what it seems in the news, is he wants to be with the Giants. He just, kind of like Lamar, you know, he just wants to get paid and get a long-term deal and get something guaranteed. Right. Uh, whereas Hopkins does not want to have any part of this rebuild with the Cardinals, is what it seems like. Because uh, he still has two years left, and he's just tra- looking to pull the plug, because I don't believe Kyler Murray's going to be ready to start the season there's a good chance this season's just going to be a mess for the Cardinals anyways, and he doesn't want to waste pr- what's probably one of his last couple of years in the NFL on a team that's in a rebuild. So I would say, I, you know, I guess I, don't, I can't say for sure, but I think Hopkins will probably leave. It's just if a team can get the Cardinals to knock his price down a little bit. And... I mean, you got to try. If you're a team looking for a receiver and you are even slightly more competitive than the Cardinals, which I think, what, 28 teams probably yeah, are. Yeah, a lot of teams are, yeah. Um, you, you should be going for this. Like, especially like, uh, you know, Odell signs, you know, in one area. Okay, so the Jets didn't get him. And yep. they are trying to make a comfortable spot for, for nipples. So, you know... <laughs> gotta go gotta go buy buy a fancy bra right like you gotta make the nipples comfortable right okay there you go our ratings just shot up with that one yeah great um but that that's what i would be like if you didn't get old buckham jr okay so hopkins is right there probably even a better choice anyway because yeah i would absolutely take hopkins yeah absolutely and now a lot of teams, uh, I saw a report, at least six teams have contacted the Cardinals looking to tra- trade for their third overall pick. So what if they make a trade for that and what they get for it could also influence potentially like what their asking price is for Hopkins. Um, if they get a bit of a haul for that third overall pick, they might be willing to not have as steep of a price or, or at least as steep of a price in picks for Hopkins. Uh, but I think it'll all depend on if they get a deal done for that third pick or not, or I don't know, maybe they have plans and they plan to keep it. I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't know. And we won't know until the draft, unfortunately, or at least probably closer to, I think uh, we'll have a big flurry of news coming out like the few days before and, and right after. Oh yeah. There's, there's always a lot of activity at the draft and as well as the few days before. So you might see some of those deals happen. That's kind of what makes it exciting. It's one of the reasons why I like watching sports drafts for both football, hockey, and basketball is you get to see some interesting deals and trades made um, that really impacts a franchise. Um, big big name players can get moved when when a team set, like says, oh, this player I didn't think was going to be on the board is now on the board. I got to trade up to try to get him. They end up giving up pretty good assets to to move up in the draft. So you don't know, like the Cardinals, what they're going to do with that pick. Are they going to pick? Are they going to trade it? Like, there's a lot of different opportunities there, and they have a lot. Like, they the Cardinals are in a decent position that they at least have assets that the people want, which can help you rebuild faster. Like, like they're not like the Texans, right? Who have yeah. like kind of nothing. Um, so it's, to me, it's, it's more interesting with these teams to try to figure out, okay, they could get a good haul back for Hopkins. They, they might be able to trade their pick. Like there's things they can do. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of the draft, uh, just one last piece of news. So 
the NFL draft prospect from Louisiana Lafayette, uh, wide receiver Michael Jefferson, was involved in a multi-car crash uh, Sunday night in Alabama. Uh, one person died in the crash. Jefferson required multiple surgeries. Um, so thoughts and thoughts and prayers are with him and everyone else involved. Hopefully he's able to recover and still pursue a, a career in football because depending on what those injuries are, at his age and the stage of his career that he's in, that could unfortunately end a career before it even starts. Yeah. So hope like the details are still coming out on, I guess what happened out there, but hopefully, you know, everybody that's injured in and is able to recover and try to get their lives back on track. Yeah. First and foremost, hope, hopefully everyone, you know, can recover and they could be healthy again. And then, you know, secondary to that, if if a career in football is the direction that he wants to go, hopefully he can get back on track for that. But yeah, it's it's always devastating when this stuff happens so close to the draft. Um, it's it's the drafts for sports are always such a positive time. Um, you can you can you can debate money, and you can like or hate you know making people celebrities and stars and athletes. But this is like the most important and most exciting day in a lot of people's lives. Right to be able to be drafted to a team at a young age, it's exciting. There's so many people who are drafted who don't end up making it, but this ends up being a highlight of their life. So yeah, we absolutely. we just hope that they're you know we just hope that everything's going to be okay um, and that uh, that health number one most important thing returns first. Absolutely, absolutely. So with news taken care of, we'll move into our. Our rookie review, uh, sponsor or not sponsored by, uh, <laughs> suggested by, suggested yeah, by, fan question. <laughs> not sponsored. Let's uh, not be sponsored. very careful there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, you will get I, it, no money from to, us. I can assure you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it, it's great to have fans suggest things, and we do encourage that. So if anyone ever wants us to do anything throughout the year, please do let us know. Um, it might, again, it might take a few episodes depending upon how much research there is, but basically because a fan requested it, you're going to walk us through what the top rookies did last year in fantasy. And it can, you know, it leads to a good conversation to talk about rookies and where their value could be in terms of, of draft. They haven't played a game in the NFL, but there's rookies every year who will be selected in fantasy drafts. So it's an important thing to, to remember. Yeah, it's it's definitely there are definitely rookies that you want to target uh in a redraft league. I mean, obviously if you're in a dynasty, you're you're targeting whatever rookies your team needs. Um but there are always rookies that are going in I guess what you could say a sweet spot where it's worth the risk and you hope that they pan out. Uh there are some though like the the chance of hitting on them is so low a lot of the time that it's not worth the paying the huge ups huge up price for the guys you know who've been getting like all the media attention and like they're skyrocketing up into the first or second round of uh, fantasy drafts you know like sure. um Clyde Edwards Alaire uh two years ago in his rookie year uh he was going in the first round in a lot of drafts um but if you paid that price for him you were not really satisfied you if you had taken him in like the third fourth fifth round 
you would have been absolutely fine with what you got from him. But for a first round pick, you did not. Uh, you did not get your money's worth, I guess you could say. So it's it's important to remember, don't be afraid to take a shot on rookies, but take a, a smart shot on rookies, you know? Make sure yeah, that sometimes, what you're paying is equivalent to the risk. Sometimes it takes a year or two for them to really establish themselves. It all To me, it always comes down to positional play. If a rookie has, a, has, has been given or is close to getting a starter spot, it becomes more intriguing like Clyde said with Hilaire they were like he's probably going to get a lot of reps at running back here on a very talented offensive team it's probably going to use him so to me it's very interesting um what what rookies do and and what uh drafting them does they often are lower on my draft boards but I'm I'm very interested to see what the stats say about rookies this past year because I've never really dived into these stats quite in this way well, you buckle up, Mike, because I'm gonna I'm gonna take you on a journey here. Oh, I'm gonna uh, buckle up. I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna relax and uh, listen to some statistics. Did you uh, Did you ever find the question, by the way, so we could actually give the person a shout out? Yeah, didn't even look. Yeah, that you're definitely getting traded. You. You're getting traded. Yep. Didn't even remember to look. Should have. Now yep. that we're here. It would have been nice to, to credit the fans specifically, but didn't even look. So I apologize. Um, I just want to be honest that I, I didn't look. I think I'm having maybe my best episode of the year. So it sucks <laughs> that I had to like give up that moment. Like this is probably the best episode of Conqueror Draft that I've ever done. Um, so that that's a bit of a slight, but let's just remember that I, I still think I'm in the plus here because yeah. this has been such a good, strong episode for me. Um, but to the fan who sent the question, as you know who you are, we thank you. Um, we will try to find your information. Uh, hopefully you're still a listener, but we do thank you for, for sending in this question because it's going to be a lot of fun for the rest of the episode to, to debate this. And again, I'm on fire today, so it should, and, it should be. And now you're getting traded because of that. So My value's up, though. Like oh, okay. This is the tape I'm using because I'm having a great <laughs> This is your highlight tape? A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> all right okay so again like last week uh this is going to be tier based based on the average points <clears throat> um per position so the quarterbacks have their own uh i guess tiers based on the performance just because quarterback is such a consistently high scoring it wouldn't yeah. make sense to use the same uh tiers i guess uh all the other positions though i did use the same tiers and so i'll i'll walk uh, the listeners through that again for rookie quarterbacks there was only four that were fantasy relevant and uh, so just a reminder the the quarterback average position for the nfl uh the top 32 was 270 points in a six point passing touchdown scoring league and the tiers if you remember were elite great good average poor and terrible do you want to take a, just a shot in the dark and guess where these quarterbacks finished? Like, what the highest one, what tier the highest one was in? I don't think there was a rookie quarterback that did exceptionally well this year that I can remember. So, terrible? <laughs> yeah, all four in the terrible. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah. I was taking a shot in the dark, but I just, I didn't, this was one of those years where a rookie really didn't take over the position at any point in time. Like, he didn't have a Trevor Lawrence who who was having like still an okay rookie season like you didn't have that this year 
So I assumed, yeah, they weren't great. Yep. So out of the rookie quarterbacks, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett uh, was the best. That would have been my guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He finished with 163.8 fantasy points. He averaged 12.6 points a game. He was getting drafted around the QB 27 mark, 207th overall, so probably going undrafted in most drafts. He finished as the QB 28, which is pretty accurate with where he was going, really. Uh, 2,400 passing yards, seven touchdowns, nine interceptions, 237 rushing yards and three touchdowns, and he played in 13 games. So maybe if he had played the full season and they weren't screwing around with him and Mitch Trubisky, maybe he could have snuck into one of the other. It's probably still a bad tier, but done a little bit better. I would think that their plan moving forward is to play him more. I would assume so. Yeah, like, based I, on I what assume we saw last the, year. Yeah, like I would assume he's the starter next year. So I would say that t- like the fact that he was 28 ranked quarterback in a 32 team league with only playing 13 games, that makes me think he might have been closer to like the like 21, 22 had he played a full season. Like he might have yeah. been in that range. Yeah, very possible. Uh, at number two for rookie quarterbacks, Atlanta Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter. Uh, you'll see a very steep drop off there. Uh, he has he finished with eighty six point four fantasy points, Ooh. so oh, wow. not quite not quite half, but just over it. Ten point seven points per game. He was going undrafted QB thirty seven. Uh, finished as the QB forty eight. 708 passing yards, two touchdowns, and 64 rushing yards, but he only played in four games. So hard to really hold the season against him when you're only playing in four games. There's only so much that you're going to be able to do. And we talked about, I don't remember if it was one week or two weeks ago, we talked about how, as of right now, he's considered the starter for the beginning of 2023. So the Falcons at least saw something in him that they're willing to start the season with they they were very clear on to start the season May, might not finish but he's their guy as of right now which is a it's a risk and i don't again i to me the falcons are not really a team on my radar right now so yeah i would be i would not expect too too much out of him but again maybe maybe there's enough to just secure him as a starter which might happen yeah maybe I mean, the Falcons have a lot that they got to fix, so maybe they're just going to stick with what they've got, and that'll be a next year's problem is, okay, next year we'll work on quarterback, or yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll see some good things from Desmond. I don't know. Um, at number three, Washington Commanders quarterback Sam Howell. He played don't, in don't one game. Don't even know who that is. Don't even he played know in one game. <laughs> yep. He had 20.26 fantasy points in his one game. He was going undrafted, obviously finished very low. He finished his quarterback 55 because he only played in the one game. Uh, he had 169 passing yards and a touchdown, an interception, 35 rushing yards, and a touchdown. So just keep in mind, he played in one game, and he had that many fantasy points, okay? It's pretty good. At number four, playing in eight games, <laughs> quarterback Malik Willis. Yeah. 19.3 fantasy points average 2.4 points per game yeah so now to be fair to malik he wasn't playing full games uh, no. for all of it uh i do think that he did play some full games though uh 
but he it was just not happening for him. He uh, threw for zero touchdowns, 276 yards, three interceptions, uh, and ran for 123 and one touchdown across those eight games that he played in. Um, he was getting drafted, pretty much not being drafted, uh, quarterback 38, finished as the quarterback 58 on the year. So yeah, that's not quarterback 58. Like that's not, uh, that's not great. No. And I think that's why we saw the, uh, the Titans are willing to keep Ryan Tannehill as their starter for now, because that's what they saw in the guy that they drafted. So nothing about what I just read inspires confidence, I think for the Titans for next year. Yeah. So might as well ride with uh, Ryan Tannehill while you have him. So that's Definitely. it for rookie quarterbacks. Uh, not really surprising. I mean, even with Trevor Lawrence in his rookie year now, I mean, there, that was a whole messed up situation going on in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and everything. So we, we've we now seen in year two what Trevor Lawrence can do. And maybe we'll see one of these guys step forward. But for quarterbacks, like usually from year one to year two, we see a bit of a leap. And then year two to year three, that's when we see like if they're going to take that big leap, it's in that ballpark. Uh, it's usually after that second year going into the third year. So we'll see what I guess this year brings for, for those four uh, rookie quarterbacks. Maybe one of them can continue. I would say it's more than likely going to be Kenny Pickett out of that group. Yeah. Um, but who knows? We'll see. I mean, clearly there are, t- like from what the Falcons are saying, we basically have two quarterbacks here that are probably going to be starters. And um, two that are not. And two that are not. And then in terms of the rookies coming in this year, it all just depends. There's a couple that's going to be picked near, near the beginning, but you just don't know. Like it with, like you just said, it usually takes a year or two to really define a quarterback for the rookies. So it'll be interesting to see if the rookie class is a bit stronger this year, or if it's very similar where you come out of it, you've got two starters, but they're really going to get their first full seasons next year. Like that's probably what we're setting up for. The two rookies from this past season will get a full season next year. The other two in our list of four, probably not starters. Actually, I'm I'm looking at the commander's depth chart right now. And as it stands right now, Sam Howell is listed as QB1. There's no way they're going to go with, with him. Like, I, I You're really probably right. They're going to make changes. They're, really, they're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to bring someone in. They have to. Well, I don't know if they will or not because they their big sign was, uh, during the offseason was Jacoby Brissett. So um, I don't, would you, I think it's really a backup. Really. Yeah. So would you spend a, another high draft pick t- like two years in a row to get another I, quarterback? Honestly, I would. <laughs> I don't honestly, know. I, I would. I don't, I've never even heard that. Guy. I've never even heard of that guy's name. Never well, heard of him. because he played in one game. <laughs> yeah. So I, no, like that's not enough for but me. But hey, he I did good be. in one game. So like, maybe they okay. saw enough that they're like, you know what? We'll, we'll, take the risk for this year and who, rebuild who, everything who they, else. Do you know off the top of your head who they were playing? No, I don't. Cause I'll that see matters. if I can find like that it was, if it was the Texans or something like if it's, you know, it, it matters who they were playing, but like, I, I just really think, okay, so they, their big signing is, is a backup quarterback. So yes, that, that would be like, okay, you've got a backup. who has been a backup for a long time. Let's put him with our rookie. And, and see what they can do next year. I just, I don't know. I, I've never even heard of this guy. I so, think it was the end of the season against Dallas. They won 26-6. I think that was week 18 or week 17. Okay. 
Okay, so Dallas probably not playing. Probably not. Starters. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. I would be I would be hesitant. I would want more options than that. Um, but again, the Commanders, it's tough when a team is in the middle of being purchased. You don't know what the directive is of of the general manager. Like there are potential buyers who would be like, "Don't do anything." Cause I'm coming in here and we're making changes. So I don't know if they're handcuffed for that at all. I know that's a bigger thing in hockey. I don't know if that is in the NFL or if the general managers just, just doing their job until told otherwise. Um, but I don't know. I think the teams, the team needs something more than that. I, I would think. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see in a few weeks with the NFL draft. Um, we'll move on to rookie running backs, and we'll try to get through as many of them as that we can. We're starting to run out of time here. So the position average for running backs was 166 points. Uh, do you want to take a guess at who the top rookie running back was? Hmm. Top rookie running back? Yep. Would that be from the guy? I can't. His name from um, from the Texans? Damian Pierce. Pierce? Is that it? No, he was one? number three. What? Yeah. <laughs> There were two rookies who were better than Pierce this year. Yep. So okay. Do you want me to just tell you? Yeah. No. Hold on. Hold no. on. No. Okay. Wait. Was Boston Scott a rookie? No, he was not. Um. Okay. Never mind. No. Okay. Go ahead. Seattle Seahawks. Kenneth Walker. Ah, uh, Kenneth Walker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I honestly thought that was the second year. I didn't know he nope. was a rookie. Yeah, that was his first year. Okay. Uh, Kenneth Walker. 189 fantasy points, 12.6 points a game. He was getting drafted as the RB 37, uh, 95th overall. He actually finished as the RB 16 on the year and only yeah. played in 15 games. Pretty good. Pretty solid. Yeah. If you picked up now, you might not have because Rashad Penny was the starter to begin the year. So you might've put your eggs in that basket. Um, but obviously Rashad Penny went down with an injury and that just left the gate wide open for Kenneth Walker to come out and he exploded. Uh, so he actually finished in the good tier for fantasy running backs, uh, RB16. So finished the season as an RB2. That's great for a rookie. Hopefully he can uh, continue that as he moves forward. Um, at number two was Atlanta Falcons, Tyler Algier, 151.4 fantasy points, 9.5 points per game. Uh, he played in 16 games, was getting drafted as the RB46, 131st overall. He finished as the RB27. So, again, not bad. A top 32 running back. So, finishing in the RB3 territory. That really surprises me. I honestly thought Pierce would have finished ahead of him. So, Damian Pierce, he came in at third, like I said. Yeah. He actually he tied with Tyler Algier. They both had 151.4 fantasy mm. points. Okay. Um, Tyler Algier had three more games, though. Damian Pierce right. only played 13. Uh, he was getting drafted as the RB26, 60th overall. He finished as the RB27, tied with Tyler Algier. Yeah. So one, two more games, he, Damian Pierce probably would have been a lot closer to uh, Kenneth Walker's numbers than Tyler Algier. But Tyler Algier, uh, Tyler Algier sorry, still did very good things for Atlanta uh, towards the end of the season. Hmm. Uh, at number four, so now on, unfortunately we're moving into that poor tier where these guys didn't do too hot. Uh, no. Can Kansas City Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, 128.5 fantasy points, 7.6 points per game. That backfield is real weird all year. They were mixing people in and out and multiple guys per game, and it just seemed to be, okay, who's the lucky guy who got in the end zone? 
uh, up until really the Super Bowl, really, is when we finally saw them lean on Pacheco. Uh, he was getting drafted as RB63, 220 overall, so probably not really getting drafted in your league. He finished as the RB35. He played in all 17 games. Uh, Tampa Bay running back Rashad White, 114 fantasy points, 6.7 points per game, RB47, 132 overall, played all 17 games, finished as the RB38. He is somebody that I'm very interested in for next year because Leonard Fournette is now gone. Yes, and he is someone at times, he had flashes of like excellent play and being a kind of a, a pretty big piece of their uh their offense. So he's someone who could have a pretty high draft ranking this year. Definitely. Yeah. Especially in PPR leagues. Uh, he finished with 50 receptions last year. So if you're in a PPR league, you just got a free 50 points just because that's how they used him. So that's something to definitely keep in mind. Obviously Tom Brady is gone. Uh, so he's yeah. not going to have that, but I have to imagine that Baker Mayfield is probably going to be dumping the ball down too, quite a bit. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine the running game is going to be pretty important and and short passes. Um, that'll be all big parts of that that offense. So it it could it couldn't you know it could spell okay things for him though. Like I, I think I think we could see a relatively good season out of him. Absolutely, I'm I'm very look very much looking forward to him come draft time. Uh, Depend. Sorry, depending on what his ADP is, he's definitely going to be somebody that I'm going to be looking at. Um, at number six for rookie running backs, Washington Commanders, Brian Robinson Jr. with 108.2 fantasy points, average nine points per game. He was being drafted as the RB48, 135th overall, finished as the RB41, played in 12 games. So obviously his uh, fantasy output and his season were Hugely impacted by the uh, gunshot injuries that he sustained in the carjacking just before uh, most, I think, fantasy drafts took place or yeah. in around the time of the preseason. Uh, so I'm pretty excited to see what he's like now uh, with a year under his belt, a year removed from that terrible incident. And uh, I, I liked really watching him play. So I, I'm excited to see what he does in his second year as well. Uh same with this next name. Unfortunately, we're now moving into the terrible tier. Um, New York Jets running back Brees Hall. So he only finished 105.6 fantasy points, but he was averaging 15.1 points per game. So just as a reminder, in case anybody forgot, Brees Hall only played in seven games last year because then he got injured. Yeah, um, he was hurt. His 17-game pace, though, if he was if he played in all 17 games with that points per game pace he would have scored 256.7 fantasy points yeah like another another person who really could take a leap this year because obviously that pace is is excellent like that's a great a great first year so injuries yeah it's too bad like an injury kind of hampered him but That'll be an interesting, he'll be another interesting one to see what, what he can do this year. Like even already moving away from the quarterbacks, even these running backs, there's more fantasy potential here. And there's more questions because obviously you end up seeing two, often three running backs now in, in games. So you end up seeing them getting utilized a lot more than you would see like a backup quarterback being utilized. Yeah, running back by committee is becoming a much more common. And I think that's because teams are realizing 
the human body can't take that much punishment. Yeah, I mean, it never um, used to be like that. Like, it, there was always, like, you got your one running back and maybe a fullback who will do some damage. But, like, there'd be one guy getting the vast majority of reps. But now, like, it's not uncommon to see three in one game. Like, that's yep. pretty, you know, yeah, all, you know, you're going to see three running backs all get opportunities. Yep, absolutely. Uh, something to keep in mind, though, with Brees Hall, I, the statistics show that running backs coming off of the ACL tear, uh, their first year back, they don't perform very well. It mm, takes them, it's it's not until two years post the tear that then they're back to that elite production level that we're used to seeing. Um, and I mean, it makes sense that that's a significant trauma for your body to go through and a very skill position that you need to have everything going for you in your legs. Right. So something to just keep an eye on. I'm not saying don't draft Brees Hall. I'm just saying just something to keep in mind, something to keep an eye on at his ADP, wherever he ends up going. Just keep that in mind that you might not get that pace again this season because he's, his body went through that. Oh, it's an important thing to note because those injuries are, are major things that you don't often see on a stat sheet. So when you're, you're drafting, I mean, I don't know what everyone does, but often leagues just have the general information, but the, the history of injury, especially coming off something that severe is important to keep in mind. Like he might be off for a slow start. Um, who knows how long it'll take to bounce back again. That's what preseason's for. We get at least a chance to see some players in game action and see how they're responding to, to the injury. So, yeah, absolutely. So something to keep an eye on for Brees Hall moving forward. Uh, at number eight, Buffalo Bills, uh, James Cook, 95.2 fantasy points, uh, six points per game, finishes the RB45, played in 16 games. So from number one at 189 points to number eight in terms of rookies, 95 points. So yeah. there's a very clear gap in the rookies who show elite numbers right away and then the rookies who are still good. He finishes the RB45, James Cook, but not the kind of guy that's probably winning you your league. No, but uh, certainly certainly worth that that bench option where you know you can put him in in some situations. Like that, again, we're already seeing with running backs, like we're going several more players deep where these players being picked up, watching the waiver wire for rookies and drafting rookies late can give you some benefit. Yeah, ab- Absolutely. So this uh, ninth one is probably the last one that was really of any fantasy relevance uh, for the New York Jets as well. Zonovan Knight had 52.5 fantasy points. He only played in seven games, averaged yes. seven and a half points per game. He was he went undrafted. People picked him up because of what happened with Brees Hall. Um, and then from there, for the rest of the rookies, it's all pretty much downhill to fantasy irrelevance. Uh Los Angeles Rams, Kyron Williams, 26 fantasy points. Uh, New England Patriots, Pierre Strong Jr., 23.7 fantasy points. Uh, and these are guys who play are listed as 10 games, 15 games. Like They played in a lot of games, but probably only played a handful of snaps at most in each game. Yeah, we're there as special teams, backup, whatever. Yeah, needed, just you know, but subbed in. in. Gave the, the main guys a break, or it was a blowout here, run the ball, kill the clock kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tennessee Titans, Hassan Haskins, 20.5 points. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Keontae Ingram, 16.1 points. I uh, knew another New England running back, Kevin Harris, 11.2 fantasy points. So that's 
two rookies on top of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots that were involved last year. Uh, another another fantasy tip: be very careful drafting a New England running back. Bill Belichick cares zero percent about your fantasy team. Yes, very true. <laughs> stay stay away if you can. I mean, if 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 that's the best player available, then go for it absolutely. But just be wary that he does not care, and you will be very upset a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, at number 15 for Jacksonville was Snoop Connor, who has a sweet name. 10.2 fantasy points. Uh, number 16 for San Francisco. I want to say it's Tyrion Davis Price. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, 9.9 fantasy points. Then Zam- Zamir White for the Las Vegas Raiders at 7 fantasy points. I remember there was a big storyline uh, before, I think, the preseason that Zamir White was going to come in and take over for Josh Jacobs, and Josh Jacobs was going to do nothing for fantasy. And then Zamir White finished with seven fantasy points over 14 games that he was involved in. Mm. Um, and the last running back, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, Isaiah Spiller with 6.9 fantasy points. Yeah. Um, could be someone to keep an eye on if Eckler leaves and the Chargers don't, yeah. uh, don't do anything to, I guess, replace him. Um, Isaiah Spillers, I guess, a name to keep in mind. But I, as I said, there's a very wide range in the performance between rookies. So that's why I said that the hit rate is so low because three of those guys finished in the top 30 and the rest were, for the most part, well outside of that and completely irrelevant. So that's a, a look back at the quarterbacks and running backs for the 2022 season that, that were rookies. Next week, we'll go more into the rookie wide receivers and rookie tight ends, and that will lead us right into the NFL draft, and we'll do a review of where, uh, at least where the top players go, if not a more oh, in-depth analysis of the NFL draft. We'll definitely be covering at least the first round. At uh, least the ones that we think will have some kind of an impact, yeah. Yeah, for fantasy. So tune in next week. You'll get the rest of our uh, rookie rankings review for 2022. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to write in uh, through social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Conqueror Draft. Email us at contact at Conqueror Draft or go to our website, www.conquerordraft.com. Fill out our uh, form on the podcast page. We love to hear from you guys. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe.